911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And I'm your co-host, Clint Walton. In today's episode, since the whole world is on quarantine right now, I thought we could talk a little bit about what this evolution has been like for us because we're in this day and age right now where the entire world is shifting. And I don't think that a lot of people understand the detriment and the long-term effects that what we are going through are going to have on us as a society. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. So let me think back to December. December is really when we started to hear all of the rumors, and that's really what we thought it was, was just rumors <clears throat> Excuse me, of this illness that was going on in China, and we started to hear about some of the conspiracy theories, and then it started to become a little bit more morbid. I remember after Christmas, we started to hear some of the doctors and scientists that were trying to warn really everybody in the world about what this could mean for us. And I mean, two in particular that come to mind, they actually, they died from this virus. And I remember January, the statistics started to grow and we had Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I'm using that as like a focal point because this wasn't, this was certainly not something back in February that we were worried about. And it wasn't until the end of February, maybe the last week of February, where this really started to become a problem. And it started to get real because we started to see the shifts. And then, of course, everything started to happen really, really quickly. And I feel so, so bad for all of the people who this has impacted in a way to where their lives will never be the same. There's been so many people who have lost their lives because of this. And another thing that comes to mind is I know that Clint and I, our world hasn't changed at all. We're very fortunate to be able to say that. We both have continued to work in the same fashion. But for so many other people, being on quarantine or having to change their living situation. I mean, we can talk about the finances surrounding it, but for me, the only thing that I have really seen on a personal level is what it's done to my dad. My dad's almost 70 and it wasn't until, let's see, a week and two days ago that my dad actually started to take this seriously. He was out living his best life and like going to stores and seeing people continuing to work his crew. He's the owner of a construction company. And it wasn't until not this past Thursday, but the one before that, where my dad really started to get scared, I think. And he didn't admit that, but he pretty much locked everybody out of his house. And for me, I was like, it's about time. Because prior to that, he was just he was just asking for it, really. And the Saturday after he did that, he got sick. And I got really nervous because he hit every single symptom for this COVID-19 virus. So... Kaiser, I don't know if as you listen to this, if you have Kaiser, but 
their current protocol is for you to go online and for you to fill out an online questionnaire and pretty much screen yourself. And if it's deemed necessary, then it'll prompt you to the next step. So for him, I needed to make him a virtual visit. So I did that. And of course, like so many of the doctors, um, they're super busy right now. So he was asked to see a nurse practitioner, which is fine. And after screening him, she pretty much said, like, this could be a cold. It could not be a cold. Let's wait two to four days. And if you get worse, then you can call us again. And to me, like the man is almost 70 and he's exhibiting all the symptoms. Like, why aren't you testing him? And up until that point, I know that the federal government had said that so many tests were being sent out to the states. And then, Clint, you heard all kinds of stories at work of other people that it was exactly the same thing. Somebody even to the extent of having walking pneumonia and nobody was being tested. And so it's like, what is happening? And I think a lot of it has to do with the ruralness of the county that we live in, from what I'm hearing, is the availability of that testing just hasn't been there. And I think the numbers that are being put out there are far less than what's truly affected our nation and our state. And that's just because that availability of testing. They can't just test everybody. Yeah, I I get that. But it's super frustrating when you see the stats and then it starts to hit home with somebody that you love and care about and they can't even do the testing. And um, I mean, to one extent, I can understand it because they also said to only test if it would change the course of treatment. But at this point, they don't even know what that is. But luckily, my dad is starting to feel better. But then there's this looming thought of, okay, well, if this was just a cold or maybe the flu, then now his immunities are down even more than they were before. And for my dad, I know that he's going to go out as soon as he feels much better, thinking it's okay because he feels better, just ignoring, blatantly ignoring what's going on around him. And that makes me worried for him too, because if he didn't have it, like there's a very high chance that he will get it, especially if our governor here in California presumes that at least 56% of Californians are supposed to get this during this first wave. And then, you know, epidemiologists are suspecting that in the fall, we're going to have another wave of this. That's interesting. I didn't hear that. So it's going to be a really drawn out process. And hopefully by this fall, they found something to subside the symptoms and alleviate the pressure on our medical system with that. And I'm curious to see where this goes. And as you're speaking with this whole surrounding COVID-19 outbreak, I just think of how the media has always portrayed the health crises that always are presented to us. And and we've never seen anything like this. I, I think back to the bird flu, the swine flu, all these flus that they're going to be such a detriment to our society, but they never turn out that way for one reason or the other. And I think people in general are so used to the media portraying it that way 
that they're not taking it seriously because it doesn't turn serious. Yeah, and we're so used to them just being very dramatic and mm-hmm. just selling those headlines that it is hard for us to to understand what it is that's fact. And even more so, people only believe what they hear on the news and people don't, you know, it's really daunting to sit down and actually read the medical literature. So it's no wonder why people don't actually do that. But I think that it is more important now than ever for the media to understand just how much power they hold over the entire world by the way that they are portraying the data. And I think it's been great. I don't know if your states, if you don't live in California, have been like this too, but not only our governor, but our local mayors have also done incredible jobs with being much more transparent, I think, much further than the federal government. And you can hear that in their tone of voice and um, just them understanding the need to, to show up and to be there as a community resource, and then to extend that resource even further amongst themselves as states. And I I think that's one silver lining throughout all of this is to see the way that our states have been intermingling and sharing resources and information with each other. Yeah, it's amazing to see people come together in any severe incident. And especially when it's the local governments, they put the politics aside and just really start to focus on the people compared to their own self-benefiting notions. And what a shame that it takes something like this to get down to the basis of how it should have been to begin with. And I I think back to 9-11 and how our country came together and it's we're seeing that more and more on a national level from something so severe, you know, it's, it's so unfortunate that that had occurred and it's unfortunate that this had occurred and that's what has taken it to grow our country closer. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And it's my hope that as you listen to this with all the speculation, I know that right now it's projected to have these lockdowns for at least a couple of months, at least here in California. And I know States like ours and other ones that have been hit by this the hardest are going to have wraps a little bit tighter than some of the other states. But I just hope that with how difficult this is, especially if you're somebody who has children and you've had to stay at home or you're now down to one income or even no incomes at all, and then having to act as teacher on top of parent and then take on so many other roles in the midst of this crisis that you just stop. Um, One thing I would recommend is to just shut off the news I know that for my dad, that's all that he's being fed. And I've seen so many other people, even doctors that are stuck quarantined at home right now to where they they don't have an opinion of their own and they're not able to properly function. I mean, I've seen a lot of posts online of people wanting to know how to stay away from their refrigerator and off of the news. And I think it's important for us to make sure that we're maintaining the same schedules that we've always had and doing the same things that we always do because it's so easy to get caught up and be negligent towards ourselves when we don't have that routine. So even something as simple as setting your alarm clock for a regular business day, you know, taking a shower, eating breakfast, doing your hair and makeup, just 
dressing in something other than pajamas Mm -hmm. and sticking to that schedule, even if you are at home, so that it allows you to maintain your own integrity and to do something productive, to go outside. I know yesterday, Clint and I spent three hours, about two hours away from here, out at someone's farm. And this is a complete stranger to us. And to see the way that this woman reacted to just the attention and to just us being there to visit with her, it it was truly inspiring. And I I want that for everybody, just to still have that sense of wholeness and that sense of self-worth because we need that now more more than we've ever needed it before. So know that as we sit here up in our studio, we are hoping that you are well and that you stay well and connect with us on social media. There's never been a better time for us to be connected through social media like there is now. So head down to the show link and um, yeah, we'll see you next time.